This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Sunday morning. Oh, it's wet. Well, it's not, you know, it's not soaking wet, but it's a bit a bit drizzly and a bit mizz. So my advice is for the next couple of hours, why don't you just stay in bed? Unless you're thinking of going to see the poppies. And if you're going to see the poppies, my advice is go now. I know it seems a bit ridiculous, but I promise you, yesterday, as they've said, you've just heard on the news, the busiest day of the year, people were told to don't go up there because Tower Hill Station, I believe, is closed due to redecoration. That was bad timing, wasn't it? And, um, and it was so rammed, and you queue for hours. So if you've got kids with you or you're elderly, go now. Get on the bus, go there now, have a look at them, and then come away and go, at least I went. Because yesterday, people did not heed the warnings. So we'll remind you again as the programme goes through till eight. Apart from that, yesterday was a nice day. Glorious weather. Starts on a free overcast. I thought, it's going to chuck it down, isn't it? And then, lo and behold, out came the sunshine and we all looked, uh, we looked very happy about that. I was quite happy yesterday. Very uh, happy. Heavy outbursts, uh, outbursts of rain today, so it's going to be wet and windy. Bought myself a new coat. Went in. I've got a thing about coats at the moment. I don't know why. I wish I had the same thing about shirts and trousers. But coats, I'm going on. And there's a limit to what I'll pay for a coat. I won't pay any more than 150 quid for a coat. I don't think any coat's worth more than 150 quid. I don't think any T-shirt, especially if it's the uh, feminist T-shirt, is, uh, is worth any more. They sell them for what? Is it £45 they sell these T-shirts for? The women who make them get 62 pence an hour. It's an absolute bloody scandal. It really is. And that's, and that's a feminist T-shirt. Quite clearly, the feminists who are sort of going for these have gone for the cheapest place to make them. And that cheap place is Mauritius. I mean, 16 women sleep in one room. That's feminism for you. And uh, they're out there and they get paid 62 pence an hour. 62 pence an hour to make these T-shirts, which sell for 45 quid. It's nothing short of scandalous. It really is. They, they carried a slogan, this is what a feminist looks like. No, the feminist looks like the poor, the poor dog who's having to make these bloody things for them. 62 pence an hour. But uh, one of the uh, machinists says we don't see ourselves as feminists. Shouldn't imagine you do, actually. Of course, the government about to backtrack. Oh, well, we, we, we support the, the cause. Yeah. <clears throat> so sod, sod anybody where it's made, eh? Doesn't really matter. They're paid 62 pence an hour. That's called sweatshop. That's called sweatshop. That's quite amazing. Anyway, that, that wasn't the most interesting story of the week. It was certainly one of them. Uh, the interesting story was the Branson spaceship, which crashed, killing the pilot. Uh, a lot of people have put up a lot of money for this. They want to fly, they want to go into space, and they've paid, I forget how many it is, 156,000 quid each. That's what they've paid to uh, reserve a space. I mean, if I'd won the lottery, I'd probably reserve a space on it as well. Would I be put off by the fact that it crashed? Probably not. Probably not. You do see, this is the second explosion of a spacecraft that we've seen in a week, isn't it? The other one was uh, sending supplies up, and that sort of exploded as it was taking off. Uh, This Branson one crashed in the Mojave Desert. And you think, I mean, it is actually enormous. When you look at the size of it, it's absolutely enormous. It really is. And and it's a shame, and it's a setback as well. But they will find out exactly what it was. I suppose there is any one of a number of things that can go wrong on these ships. You only have to look at the wire. I mean, I've got, I only realised the other day, well, about a few years ago, but it was the other day it came back to me again. I've got two miles of wiring in my car. Two miles of wiring. You lift up the dashboard, and there is literally, it, it's, it's like a giant snake. Everything all bound together. How, how people know what it is, I've got no idea. I was more interested, though, in the story during the week which emerged and came out on Saturday <clears throat> of two people on ITV who've been caught out uh, doing drugs 
or talking about doing drugs. I mean, to be honest with you, I couldn't quite believe it. The name that sort of, and the face that peered out from the paper was that ridiculously stupid James Argent from The Only Way is Essex. A big buffoon you'd be hard pushed to find. A boy who probably finds tying his shoelaces a bit of a challenge. A man who's such an idiot that with all the, uh, all the opportunities he's been given, you know, like, here, we are taking you, fat, fat nobody, we're going to put you on a television programme and you're going to become very well known and you can earn a lot of money and you're going to turn around to us and go, I'm going to do cocaine. I mean, you cannot believe the stupidity, the rank stupidity of the biggest bozo in the entire class. He's now been suspended. He tested positive for cocaine. I mean, when I read it, I thought, I always thought you were a bit thick. But I didn't because we've had the other one in there. Was it Mario Falcone as well? He was suspended for allegedly taking cocaine. What is it with these people? Somebody gives you the most fantastic opportunity. You know, you don't have any talent. There's nothing you can do. You just turn up and behave like an idiot. And now we know it's all coke. Mr. Cokehead. Not very clever, is it? Not very big. And the funny thing is, with these programmes, they say, we're going to suspend you. I mean, I don't quite understand, you know, why they've not kicked him off the programme. Why they didn't kick Mario Falcone off. I mean, I'm hoping. I mean, do you think that any of his friends know he's doing coke? I bet they do. Of course they How would you not know? Because if somebody's doing cocaine, they can't wait to tell you. They cannot wait to tell you. Do a bit of cocaine. You go, oh, right, OK. I've had friends who've, who've taken cocaine. They went through it. They went through the period of losing everything. And it was then that they kind of got the reality check. But quite clearly, when you've got a lot of money, hardly any friends, and you've got no, no talent, what do you do to make yourself look interesting? You take cocaine. And he obviously thinks it makes him look big and impressive. I'm assuming he must have gone with Gemma Collins when he was coked out of his mind, because you'd have to have some sort of stimulant going on, wouldn't you? Wouldn't exactly. they, bedded, they, they bedded each other in a cupboard. In a cupboard. With the money he's got, he didn't even bother buying a hotel room. How cheap and low rent are they both? Anyway, so he's been suspended, and uh, he'll have to do his eating humble pie. The other one, the other one is from, is from The X Factor. Some idiot called Jake Sims. This is a boy who's got both ears pierced. It's a bit of a gay look nowadays. He's 19. He declared, everybody likes to get high in one of his tweets about using cannabis. One of his tweets went, always smoke upon one before sleep. Come smoke herb with the boys again, pretty princess, kiss, kiss, kiss. Is, is he a drunk or something? Am I, am I reading the ramblings of a five-year-old here? This is a 19-year-old who's on television and he made these claims following August and September 2013, hinted he was hooked on cannabis joints. And he's in, he's in one of these little boy bands, where I think there's about eight of them. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, there's eight of them in a boy band. Well, I mean, let's make it seven, shall we, and kick him out. ITV, for some peculiar reason, say we take allegations of drug misuse very seriously, but we have a responsibility to individuals concerned, and that cannot be ignored. What, what, what you, you sort of, you're acting as like uh, the doctor now, are you? Why, why don't you send him to rehab? Why don't you just kick him out? Let him go sort it out for himself. I don't want to waste any money from ITV. Why would you want to do that? Why would you want to do that? The man's an idiot. He's quite clearly... He, say, he said he did it because he thought it was cool. Obviously another thick 19-year-old. Mind you, any little girly boy who gets both, the, both his ears pierced at the age of 19, I don't think uh, we need to worry about what sort of family you come from. Going back to uh, Arge, they apparently had no choice but to spend him, uh, suspend him. An insider who says he's been a star of the programme, says, nobody wants the move to be permanent as he's a real favourite. No, he's not. He's a cokehead. Why, that, why would that make him a favourite? 
This is his agent. He's been doing really well, but unfortunately he failed a test for cocaine, but they had no no choice. I mean, it's, it's you know, the man is just a complete idiot. A complete idiot. I'm sorry if I was running the programme. Perhaps, perhaps the producers of these programmes don't care. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's OK. He's like, you know, he's like part, of the, part of the family. The way, you don't really like him on the programme. It's really good. He's really good part of, part of our team. And, you know, and, you know T-Marge is like... When he bedded Gemma, like, we, we thought it was, like, funny. You know, we laughed and she laughed and then she cried. And then, um, then Lydia came back and then, then it all went pear-shaped. She bedded him on the first night she was back in the programme. We thought that was really funny. Really funny. It would have Stella. It would have Stella. You know, that's exactly what it's getting like down there. Every time you look at them, you can't believe this is normal behaviour. Not in this day and age. I mean, I'm always, I always like to sort of, you know, verge on the optimistic side of everything. And I like, I like to see good in people. I do like to see good in people. I know it doesn't seem it very often, but I promise you, I, I do like to see good in people. I do like the idea that, you know, that these people might just be acting and they're not really pathetic wastes of space. Like Chloe Maidley. I was reading Kate Glass, her column in the uh, the Sun today. She was the guest columnist, and she was talking about um, about Chloe Maidley and calls her whining, because you remember the story. I don't have to go back over it time and time again because it's a bit tedious. But uh, Chloe Maidley is a desperate wannabe. Her claim to fame is that she's Richard and Judy's daughter. Uh, her other claim to fame is that she's got no talent for doing anything at all, but she wants to be famous. So her mother. Having sworn blind, she's never going back on television, decides to go back on television. So they, so they get Judy out of the embalming uh, office and they bring her back onto television. And unfortunately for her, on that day, they're talking about the footballer Ched Evans. They're talking about the attack on this girl and the sex and the fact she was drunk and everything else. And Judy makes the comment... Uh, that it wasn't a violent attack, in which case that then provoked everybody to say, well, listen, it was rape. Rape is rape is rape, whether it's violent or not. Uh, there, was no, there was no apology from Judy Finnegan about the internet trolling that the girl who was attacked got from all the friends of Ched Evans. He's got his own little followers. Quite clearly some sad, desperate cokeheads or something like that. You must be, because they then start trolling this other girl, the girl who was the victim in it. He was convicted by a jury. The jury found him guilty. Now, whether or not it goes, you know, back to appeal and they find him not guilty, I'm not interested at the moment. I'm only dealing with the facts of what happened at the time. So Judy makes these comments and immediately she starts getting trolled, you know. And uh, one of them said, we're going to come around and rape you. And they also trolled her daughter, Chloe Maidley, because Chloe Maidley, you know, in a desperate attempt to try and get someone, hello, I'm here, I'm here, please notice me. She then said, you know, why are people picking my mother, blah, 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 and sort of defended her. So they started trolling her as well. Then the next thing is, uh, Chloe, who's 27, but I'm not totally of the opinion that mentally she's 27. Because we kind of forget that Judy Finnegan has been verbally attacked by these people. Judy's just, it's washed over her. So instead, Richard Maidley, a perfectly charming man jumps on the bandwagon and says, we're, we're, we're going to deal with this. Not before Chloe Maidley has done a two-page spread in the mail. Before she's even gone near the police, she's already milking it for as much publicity as she can get. Because that's what she does. That's what she does. The family like the publicity. So Richard then says, you know, uh, we, we're going to try and get the law changed that people can't write this, trolls can't write it. And it's going to be called Chloe's Law which are called is a load of old cobblers because it hasn't been called Chloe's Law at all. In fact, it's not even passed through. So let's just sort of forget about that. In the meantime, Richard goes to the police about Chloe. He seems to have forgotten about the wife. We're not seem to be interested in her. I, I thought, if anything, it should have been called Judy's Law. 
Seeing as Judy was the one who started this this load of claptrap in the first place. Meanwhile, Judy's still being propped up on the panel and she she sticks her six-penneth in. And it's perfectly OK. But Chloe Madeley, by, uh, according to Katie Glass, she says here she's, uh, she's a whining person. Her complaints were especially peculiar, given how little sympathy Judy expressed for the online bullying Evan's victim had experienced. She says, when somebody sends me... You know, a hate, uh, a hate Twitter or something like that. I don't sit there crying. Should I just delete it? But of course, I don't think Chloe Madeley's in that business, is she? She's in the business of look at me, look at me, look at me. But uh, she didn't seem to express anything. Only just for herself. Not really interesting anybody else. Apparently, she's had it before. Makes it even more peculiar, doesn't it? Her complaints. And then it was only the other day that she posted a picture of herself in a little thong. With a little thing on there. Kind of not doing yourself any favours, are you, Chloe? But there again, perhaps the brain cell rented out for that day to somebody more interesting. 17 minutes past six. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. I'm just looking at some images on the... T- it must be on Sky, I think. And, they- and they've got kids in Russia playing with reindeer. We went to see uh, reindeer in Lapland, where it, it really it was the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. It was wonderful. And they're not big reindeer. You think that they're going to be absolutely enormous. They're not really, but they've got these reindeer farms in Russia. The ones we had in Lapland, they said, uh, don't actually pet the reindeer. There's a chance they'll turn around and eat you. Because uh, they, they can be quite violent. Because all the reindeer that they use in Lapland, which are owned by the Lapish people, they let them roam free throughout the summer... Is it the summer or the winter? No, the summer. And then in the winter, they go and corral them. It can be up to 40,000 in a herd. And they bring them in, and that's when they separate the, uh, the wheat from the chaff, as it were. And, uh, and they start culling. So they can keep the herd strong, so it doesn't become weak. And so they sort of put them to one side, and they, um, they kill the ones who are weak or elderly. And that's their, that's their food for the winter. And then the rest are then put out and they use some as well. So every so often, so they're allowed to roam free, the herds. Then they're brought in. Woe betide you if you've picked up a, a foot infection or something like that. Talking of somebody who's picked up an infection, I wish this vile old baggage here, Lindsay Morgan, would. This is a woman who was banned back in 2013 for abusing horses. I mean, this woman is vile. There is no two ways about it. The RSPCA that uh, two, uh, found out that two horses stabled in a barn near her home had suffered for a long time. The stallion was emaciated with his hips, spine and ribs clearly visible. Jailed for 18 weeks, suspended and banned from keeping horses for 10 years. She's quite clearly a vile specimen. We found a number of vile specimens in the papers. This one's back helping out a top racing stable. Yes, here she is again. A court order was slapped on her a year ago after she let her stallion become so emaciated it had to be put down. The steed and a mare were found in disgusting state, knee-deep in mud. I mean, this woman is quite clearly some sicko. Now they've discovered she's been helping out Grand National trainer Peter Bowen since she was found guilty. Asked if he thought it was appropriate for somebody with her background to be anywhere near his horses, he said, I haven't got a problem with it because she does a very good job. She's a very good horsewoman. Then he shouted at the reporter saying, just go away and don't ever come back. Not very pleasant people in the world of racing, are they, ladies and gentlemen? She's vile. She shouldn't be allowed anywhere near horses. She can allow horses to, to suffer. I mean, you only have to look at the horse that she, uh, she just abused to realise this woman shouldn't be allowed anywhere near. Sometimes the people who think they're animal lovers are actually haters. They're actually haters. They had a, a case. It was a very bizarre case. It was on the television. It was the, it was the version of the RSPCA in Australia. And at a graveyard, they kept finding, in a cemetery, sorry, not a graveyard, a cemetery, uh, they kept finding dead cats. Dead cats. And over a period of two years, 30 dead cats 
were laid out in a particular place in the cemetery. And so they tried everything to find out who it was. Eventually, they decided, took them two years to work this bit out, they are Australian, though, uh, to put up a little camera so that they could record the person. And it was a bloke who lives locally. Apparently, he's a bit remedial. You know, he's got a few mental issues. And his, his, his family said he finds the cats roadkill or something like that, although they're not totally convinced it's roadkill. And he lays them out in the cemetery, and then he stands there, but he, re- he arranges them. He arranges their paws and everything else. He's quite clearly some sicko, uh, because when they actually examined some of the cats, they found they weren't roadkill at all. These, the, 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 these cats had been deliberately killed. But uh, luckily he doesn't come back anymore. I think they've had him put away or something. Uh, 84850, uk. Nice hearing Christo's mother on the radio earlier. Does she drink a lot? Because she, she was drinking during the... This is at four o'clock in the... I don't know anybody who drinks at four in the morning. I was quite quite disturbed by that, actually. That she, that she sounded quite lucid and yet quite clearly enjoyed a good drink. At four. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. Yes, I know the car wiring loom is made on a board by women in the factory. Yes, I know. All, I've, I've seen my car dismantled. Well, not completely, but I've seen other, uh, other cars completely dismantled. Literally, I've seen cars with the entire engine out. Everything, every single bit. Fascinating. Love it, love it, love it. Right, what have we got in the papers this morning? What can we, what can we tempt you with today, ladies and gentlemen? The, uh, the same usual uh, bunch of uh, people who are going to be doing something interesting on the television or not. A couple of people from The X Factor. They're desperate to try and get some interest in this programme. The best they've managed so far is that the bloke who talks about smoking a joint and uh, little Lauren and Charlie having an ex-romp. Secret late-night trysts. They're all just playing it, aren't they? Not one of them. I mean, isn't it funny? You would think, because not one of them can hold a tune. Not one of them. Not one of them can hold a tune. You would think that, as opposed to sort of jumping on each other's beds, behaving like idiots, they'd be going to singing classes. Would you not? I mean, pfft, only guessing. Only guessing wildly. Being a singing competition. Not one of them goes to... Do you think Cheryl Cole's ever been away, eh? Because you're worth it. Have you ever been to a singing lesson, love? I don't think you have, have you? And I don't think any of these other people have. So they like going out... And they want to go to nightclubs and they want to jump on each other's back and do piggybacks and all these other things. Because that's what they think pop stars do. Because as Louis Walsh has said to them, you don't need to actually worry about the singing bit. We can change that in the studio. Nobody. That's why they don't last two minutes, these people. That's why they all disappear. That's why they all disappear. So anything to try and drum up some sort of interest, which, you know, is very difficult. Oh, here she is again. Ola Jordan. And uh, she's done a sexy photo shoot. Something odd about you, Ola, isn't there? I can't quite work out what it is. Is it the fact you're wearing somebody else's hair on your head? And, um, or is it, I mean... Or is it just because somebody has very badly advised you that the best way to get publicity is, is to take your clothes off for a calendar? Is that, is, that, is that the best you can manage, is it? It's slightly worrying, but there again, we've seen your husband. He's very worrying, isn't he? Very, very worrying. Sean Bean's going to marry. That's good, isn't it? For the fifth time, he proposed to a former nanny. He's uh, 55, she's 29, after a year of dating. That's nice, isn't it? That's nice. So, wedding number five. She's in for a shot. And uh, uh, what else we have? Oh, yes, a picture of this little bloke, uh, Lauren Platt and Charlie George. What sort of families they come from? Charlie George. Very odd, isn't it? Anyway, he's sort of the one with the funny little hairstyle that's been modelled on what? I've got no idea. And she looks about 14. Uh, oh, they're both 17. There you go. They're not very old at all. But they were caught sneaking into each other's rooms. Well, by whom? By whom? By somebody who planted the story. That's whom. The person who said, I've got to try and get something interesting going. People go, wow, they're actually going out together. It's just for the purposes of the programme. I think it's just for the purposes of trying to get some sort of publicity. Sorry. To get uh, people to 
to actually, uh, you know, watch the thing, but they're not. They're switching off in their droves. Nobody cares. They've made such a big deal, haven't they, about Cheryl Cole, and she's been rehearsing all this week, and uh, she's going to be singing live, and she's got ten dancers and the biggest light rig they've ever had. Who cares? Who gives a stuff? It's only Cheryl Cole, isn't it? Cheryl Cole, the singer, wearing another one of her hats. She's got that hat. Then she's got the uh, Versace Vassini. Knee spaghetti bolognese. Uh, Britain's best mince pie. They've now started taking out adverts uh, for Iceland's mince pies. The Good Housekeeping Institute. They uh, they were better than Sainsbury's, Fortnum and Mason, Harrods, Betty's of Harrogate. Six for £1.50. And Good Housekeeping says it goes to show that price is no indicator of deliciousness. So if you think you're buying your mince, it's no good buying them for Christmas now unless you can freeze the things. I'm not sure if they freeze. You'll have to uh, you'll have to check. But it's very interesting that a pound fifty for 60... I think the Harrods ones were like six or seven quid. Lot of money, isn't it? Lot of money. Lot of money. Look at this, honestly. They could do this now. Which one's that? That's not Harvester, is it? No, we've got a story about Harvester later on, which is uh, quite interesting. And the papers have got lots of pictures of people dressing up for Halloween um, and sort of going out there, and you have to try and guess who it is. I just thought it was a lot of sad people going out dressed up for Halloween. I didn't go out dressed up for Halloween, as you can imagine, but now we're actually into November, and already we're into November the 2nd. There's a lady called Joan who celebrated her birthday, I think yesterday was her birthday, so I hope she got the card. I'm sure she did. And uh, she should be feeling uh, fairly good about things. And if you're celebrating your birthday today, it's really whizzing through, isn't it? I don't like it when it whizzes through this much. Uh, expected temperature today, about 15 degrees, so that's not uh, good. She'll get dry this afternoon, showers throughout the night. Heavy at times, and Monday, wet and windy, heavy rain. The rain slowly edging away during the day, but may not clear completely. Oh, yuck. Oh, yuck. Not so nice, is it? Uh, here's uh, Harry Styles coming out of his house with a photographer outside, or inside, who came out before him so he could take the picture and put it in the paper. And uh, bosses are being urged to help school kids get on the career ladder through weekend work. Give them weekend jobs. It's a good idea, isn't it? I think we should do that. Weekend jobs. You know, everybody, everybody used to have a Saturday job. I had a Saturday job. I can't remember what the Dickens it was. Huh? I had various jobs when I was at school. My parents said, if you want to earn some extra money. So I put an advert in the local paper. And uh, I think I'd, I, there was one place, it was a pig farm in the middle of blooming nowhere, uh, out in the wilds of Berkshire. And I went round there and the man just wanted all the pig slurry moved from one end to the other. And I did it for the first day. And then I thought, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm absolutely not. It paid like nothing. In the end, I thought, I really don't want the money. I just want to leave. And I got a job in a hotel. Uh, in the middle of the countryside, which now does ballooning and stuff like that. And that was great fun. And it paid money, too. They give you money at the end of the day. It might have been a couple of quid or whatever it was, but uh, as far as I was concerned, it was well worth it. Well worth it. Time check for you. It's 6.30. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, a pretty nice to be company. It's Sunday morning on LBC. I noticed that uh, dreary has been wannabe. Josie Cunningham plans to get pregnant again by Christmas to save on the school run. Uh, because she's a scrounger, because she's a waste of space. Apparently, they said that she gave birth to her third child after a stint as a thousand-pound-a-night hooker. I don't, I don't want to pour oil on this poor, troubled, unattractive old bint, but, I mean, there's no chance she ever got a thousand-pound-a-night. Not in a million years. She'd be, lusty, she'd be pushing 25 quid. There's no way she'd ever have got a thousand-pound-a-night as a hooker. It just doesn't happen. You know, from all of them, yes, maybe. That might have been about ten people. At 100 quid each. That's, that might be pushing it then, but of course, even by her stat. I mean, who in her right mind would ever? Would ever? I mean, that's why apparently she doesn't do it anymore. <laughs> Presumably they went, sorry, have you got somebody attractive? 
Oh, God in heaven. What are you, love? Jo- Josie Cunningham. Thank you. Goodbye. I like the council flat story because they're trying to make out something in the sun that I don't think is true as yet. Uh, they say it's up for sale at a million pounds. Well, it's 952,000, so that's a bit short of it. But it was bought under the right to buy scheme for about 48,000 pounds in 1989. And so now they've decided to put it on the market. The woman who owns it, then it's gone on for 952,000. Now, it's only gone on the market for that. They haven't sold it for that. Because, to be honest with you, why on earth would you ever want to buy a council flat where you've spent a million pounds and all the people around you are renting from the council? It's in a, it's in a run-down-looking block. They say it's nearby, you know, it, it's near the King's Road. It is, but it's a council flat. It's a council flat. If you're going to spend a million pounds, you can buy million-pound flats, believe you me, in and around Chelsea. I could probably find you about three or four this morning quite easily, without too much trouble. And so why you'd want to buy it in a block like this, I don't know. Because the people around you are going to absolutely hate you. In fact, already the people around you hate you. Uh, somebody says here, this is Chelsea, but so what? It's truly disgusting to see these prices. They're not going to like you at all. So I can't, can't see why anybody would ever want to buy the blooming thing. I mean, it's, a ni- it's nice. It's actually nice to see, you know, flats going for sort of huge amounts of money in London. Because I always think, well, there you go. You know, that's the, that's the best way forward. Christo did an interesting story. It was about a woman who phoned up, was it the butcher's shop in Australia? And the, the bloke said, you've got a very sexy voice. Did she burst into tears? Or, she, or, or something, she was upset by it. I don't quite understand that, actually. If, if, if somebody said to me, you know, oh, you've got a really nice voice or something like that. I don't, <laughs> you know, you're going to go, wow, thank you. That's nice. I, too, think I have a very sexy voice. You know, but but for somebody to phone up, I mean, it's not like he's going to drag her down the phone and snog the face off her, is it, really? He's just saying you've got a very nice-sounding voice. Miriam Margulies makes her living through having a very nice, sexy voice. Very nice, sexy voice. And, uh, and, and loads of people. So what's the matter with that? Perhaps she's a bit... She's not all there or something. I don't know. I thought that would be a compliment. Mind you, mind you would she get equally upset if someone went, God, you sound common, don't you? I was listening to a radio presenter the other day struggle with the English language. Not on this station, I hasten to add. It was very embarrassing because he's obviously quite advanced in years. He's a cyclist, which kind of made me worry to start with. And, uh, and I'm thinking... And, and then he was talking about his wife and his kids. And he went to see this. He doesn't like... You know, people, he went to some kids' thing and the people got their phones up in the air. Some of it was quite interesting. He, he, he did tell a funny story, though. It kind of it did make me laugh a little bit. I was flicking around the dial. I tend not to rest too long on any one thing. I don't want to be influenced by anybody. And he said there was a Nicky Thomas song called If I Had a Hammer. And he said, I wouldn't mind. He said, you can buy them anywhere nowadays. What do you mean, if I had a hammer? It's like if I had a, a Bentley and Arge, if I had a Rolls-Royce Phantom, if I... But, you know, if I had a hammer. He said, why would that be so difficult? Oh, dear. 84850, steve at uk. Uh, other stories. Oh, Jamie Youngers. Remember Jamie Youngers? No, I didn't either. But apparently that was uh, Tiger Woods' former mistress on the affair that ruined her life. So as if to prove that she's not that kind of person, she's wearing a, a see-through outfit with lots of makeup on and really badly dyed hair. And she says, I drank vodka by the litre after the Tiger Woods affair. People said they'd throw acid in my face. I mean, sort <laughs> Back to the Chloe Maidley debacle, aren't we, really? You know, they're not going to do anything like that. Don't be silly. It isn't going to happen. It isn't going to happen. But uh, more fool you for having to flog the story years later. Who cares? Woman slept with bloke. End of story. End of story. It doesn't make any difference at all. It really doesn't. Um, hum, hum, hum. Oh, Monsters by the Sea. This is Maxine Carr. 
And uh, who else have they got down there? Oh, they've got uh, Tracy Connolly, baby pea mum, and Karen Matthews, the warped kidnapper. Do you remember? Karen was looking for that. Uh, and then she got T-shirts made and uh, trying, trying to find little, uh, little Shannon. Where was she? She was under the bed all the time. Yes. Funny that, isn't it, really? But uh, they're all out there. They're all out. They're all living in the same place. They've all got uh, homes by the sea. Uh, apparently, they've been spotted as well. I don't know where it is. They haven't actually said that uh, one person here, Maxine Carr, who only served 21 months in jail for providing Ian Huntley with a false alibi after he murdered Holly Wells and Jessica Chapman, worked for a while in a shop in the resort. One person who claimed he was uh, served by her said it suddenly clicked who she was. Also in the town, Tracy Connolly, the baby pea mother. Vile people. You know, but by the end of this one, they're going to... Oh, there's another story in the paper today, which I must, I must bring you as well, which is about the woman who is related to Jimmy Savile, who's asking for £60,000. Now, the reason that we can name her is because she's already put her name forward into the public forum. So other people you can't name, but you can name this one. It's very interesting. Is she telling lies? It turns out she's asked him for money before she needed money. And so now she's claiming 60... Having having written letters to him saying, thank you so much for saving my life and this and that. The moment he dies, she starts saying that uh, she was abused between the ages of 12 and 15, so she wants 60,000 quid. I think a bit unlikely, a bit unlikely. A lot of people want to have their bottoms uh, enlarged, don't they? And uh, there's another one here. This, this is a woman. She's a model. Mia Mafia, her name is. It sounds like a bit of a bit of a chav name, doesn't it? Mia Mafia. And so... Oh, she's a glamour model. Glamour model. And she's, uh, she's been to Britain. Oh, she's, she's returned to Britain. Only ten days for a cut price operation for the latest craze. So, in other words, not a very successful glamour model either. She can't even afford the full price. And so she said, my buttock implants almost killed me, but now I'm having another put in. I would have thought, actually, a head transplant, dear, might work better. Nobody's particularly interested in your bum, but uh, a pretty face might help. But, of course, you don't have a pretty face. This is all after Kim Kardashian has got these implants put in her bottom to give her a, give her a big bottom. So it's, it's always a glamour model, isn't it? Mia Mafia. So here she is, poor soul with ropey old hair, bad. I suppose if, if you're not blessed with looks, Christo's not blessed with looks. He said on, on dating sites, you know, he, he doesn't bother putting a picture up anymore because once they've seen the picture, they cancel the date. I can confirm that. I've known him for a number of years now. He's deeply, deeply unattractive. It's not his fault. You know, he's, I mean, luckily he's had to develop a personality which makes things marginally better. Don't, don't tell him I said this because it'll be because he's been chasing me for ages and ages and I don't want to make things worse. So I kind of keep it arm's length. I, I see him at Christmas and I go, happy Christmas, and I give him a liqueur chocolate and that's as far as it goes. You know, because any more than that, he sees it as a present and it, it kind of gets a bit embarrassing. So uh, looks maybe not so good. Oh, remember I told you the story a while ago? You'll love this one. This is really funny. Colleen Rooney. Remember, remember Colleen? <laughs> goes on holiday a lot. Doesn't actually work. She's uh, queen of the chavs with her boyfriend with the dead shredded wheat on his head. That one, yep, spent £30,000 having a shredded wheat moulded into his uh, attractive features. And Colleen was complaining because in the little village that they live at Presbury in Cheshire, because she grew up on a council estate, but of course now she's moved and she's living in a, in a posh house, multi-million pound house. They wanted to build some other houses there and she says the new houses would damage the character of the village. She forgot to mention the fact that the house they're living in, they pulled down another house to put their one up. Just thought I'd mention that now, just to make you appreciate just uh, just how much of a hypocrite she really is. Uh, they tore down a 1930s house to build their neo-Georgian-style eight-bedroom palace. So they've, they've lived there now, 
And, uh, and they've decided that, you know, just because they did something like that, they don't want anything else to do it, to ruin their little... Uh... I mean, to be honest with you, Colleen, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Nobody's going to be spying on you, dear. Your life's not interesting enough. You do a little bit of shopping. Wayne comes home with the shredded wheat on his head. You put your clothes on, dance around the kitchen, then you climb into bed. That's it. What, you know, end of story. Not surprised you have to keep going on holiday. Must be a bit difficult for you, really, to know what to do half the time. But uh, anyway, at least she seems, uh, she seems fairly happy with her lot. So let's build as many houses as we can. Which I think is, uh, is wonderful. Uh, other stories here. There's, oh, there's a family who went out. I'll have to tell you about it in a moment. Uh, ordered out of a Harvester pub because their child uh, was making too much noise. Unfortunately, um, the child who was making the noise is disabled. And uh, they've now had to launch an investigation. It is my harvester story, and I'll give it to you after this. Steve. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Uh, man slept with woman. Jeremy Carl out of a job, says Jane in London. There is that likelihood, isn't there? I mean, it's, it really is quite ridiculous. I heard from a friend of mine the other day, who I've not heard of for, uh, for some time, actually, for some time. We used to live in each other's pockets, and then kind of, you know, as you do, people drift apart. And then he wrote to me the other day, and he says he's fighting bowel cancer at the moment. So he's backwards and forwards, I think, to the Charing Cross Hospital, which is a very, very good hospital. And so I said, you know, how are things going? Are they going well? He says, yep, only way to be is sort of upbeat, he said, and, uh, and not give up. And he said, I'm not doing that yet. Because it's terrible, isn't it, bowel cancer? We don't know anything about it. We don't know where it comes from. Is it what you eat, what you don't eat? It's everything. It's just awful. Everybody's got something. It's the second friend I've heard. The other one has got brain cancer. And so it's, it's when you get to that certain age where your friends start uh, succumbing to these illnesses, but he's got the best treatment that can be going. So I'm sure things will be absolutely fine. So here is the story of the harvester. And it's uh, a disabled teenager. Uh, her name's Megan Brennan. She and her family were enjoying her last meal before she started full-time care when the staff came over and asked them to leave. The manager complained that Megan, who is severely disabled and has a mental age of one, was annoying customers uh, because she makes noises. She's got a mental age of one. She's 19, OK? And so you know the sort of thing. You know exactly what it is. The family-friendly chain later apologised and offered her mum, Helen, a £100 gift token, but the mum of three believes staff should be better trained to deal with the disabled. But they're not. They don't, they don't train them to deal with the disabled. They don't know how to. And uh, she says, I shall never walk into a harvester again. Well, that's, see, that's a silly thing to say. Because she's only got one experience in a harvester. You know, it might be different in all the other ones. And uh, the manager came over and said she's making too much noise. This was in the Ham Farm harvester in Eastleigh. Uh, anyway, the manager said, we were stunned. You know, people had, had come forward and complained. Mum says, uh, we asked people if they wanted us to leave. Nobody said they complained, so we refused to go. We've been to far posher restaurants. Well, I don't think a harvester's posh. I don't want to be rude about harvester, but it is, it is down the lower end of the scale. Uh, I asked the manager if he'd read the Disability Discrimination Act, and he had no idea what to do. In the end, he knew how upset we were, but he didn't even apologise. A spokesman for the Harvester, part of the Mitchells and Butlers pub chain, said we apologise to Megan and her family and are investigating thoroughly. I should hope so too. I would hope so too. And I think, to be honest with you, I think you need to offer a little bit more than 100 quid. You cannot write something like this off just with £100. Remember the story I brought you the other day when I got particularly angry about a school where there was a young girl and she's got that ageing uh, problem. She's eight, She's 12 but she looks like an 80-year-old. She ages on a daily basis. Her prognosis is not good. She will probably not live beyond 15. She's terminal. 
And she goes to school, and she wanted to go to school the other week in a pink wig. She had a pink wig at home, and it's a lot of hair, and she loved it, and it made her happy. Bear in mind, she's terminal. She's 12 years old. She's dying. And her mum takes her to school, and the school teacher says, You look lovely. That's lovely. The moment the mum leaves the classroom, she's made to take the wig off. And the headmaster then said, You know, she can wear a hat if she's cold, but she can't wear this pink wig. And I thought, She's dying. She's a terminally ill 12-year-old child who looks 80. She looks 80. I mean, she's ageing. She she might not even see 15. She might die at 14. Who knows? But either way, she's going to die very, very young because it's the ageing process. She can't do anything about it. There's nothing that they can do. And he deprives her of a little bit of happiness in this school. And I said something needed to be done. It was just so wrong. It was just so wrong that somebody would treat a little girl like that. So it's a bright pink wig. She's with other kids, you know. And I said, I think they should all go to school in pink wigs. Just to really upset him. And he said a rude word. Because <laughs> I think it would be funny. be funny. And to, and to prove to him, you know, that people power wins out in the end. People power win out in the end. Um, another story in the paper today. This is uh, gum chewing on duty. has been banned by Britain's most rural peace for- police force. This is in uh, Diffid Powys Police, who cover Mid and West Wales. And um, so beat bobbies, squad car patrols and plainclothes detectives have been told to drop the habit. No more chewing gum. How are they going to cope? How are they going to cope? You have to suck a tune or something like that. But no more, no more chewing gum. Because they all do it, don't they? I mean, well, I say they all do it. Everybody does chewing gum. It's not just the police force. Everybody does the blooming thing. Uh, somebody's re- retweeted my comments about Judy Finnegan's appearance on Loose Women. Somebody fetched her from the embalming studio. <laughs> Actually, to be honest with you, it's not even true. I, didn't, I don't think she's looking at all good at the moment. I really don't. It's funny because you look at the other people, and she's no older than anybody else on the panel. I don't think so. I think they're, I mean, Janet Street Porter, you know, looks good for her age. Somewhere between 60 and death. I mean, they all look good. But Judy Finnegan, for some reason, has let herself go a little bit. And I don't know whether or not that was sort of part of the... I just can't be bothered anymore. You know, I'm not going to succumb to the stereotypes of, of women on the television. Because that's what, that's what I thought it was. doesn't make any difference, really, whether or not she, uh, she makes silly comments or not. Uh, I think you'd be in a, a, a very good estate agent, says Winnie. Specialising in upmarket select properties. I look forward to buying my Swish London penthouse... When I win the lottery. Oh, well, I might as well give up now, then. It's not going to happen, is it? Not going to happen at all. Uh, 84850, uh, uh I didn't... Uh, did I see you shopping in Epping? I should think not. If you did, I was, it's certainly, it's certainly... I've got a look-alike. You can't really go shopping in Epping. What can you buy in Epping? So you've got a... You know, there's a kebab shop and a, a little chicken-type shop and an Argos. And what else have they got? They've got, um, haven't even got an Unico. I have to go to Bishop Stortford. Ah, for that one. Oof, like a bit of water first thing in the morning. Uh, Carol McGiffin writing about, oh, tomorrow is the funeral of Linda Bellingham, by the way. It's the funeral of Linda. And um, it's, it's going to be good. It's down in Somerset. And so I think the, they'll be turning out for that one. Linda Bellingham's funeral, bless her heart. And uh, there'll be lots of... I should imagine the loose women will all be down there. There'll be lots and lots of... Uh, lots and lots of famous people turning up. And uh, doing the Brit Awards, it's Anton Deck. Uh, Karen McGiffin says, I had to give it a, 
uh, arrest for the last few years on account of being hosted by that horrible miscast bigger, James Corden. Oh, no, he's lovely. We love James Corden. Admittedly, when I first saw him everywhere, I'd, I wasn't a big fan. I like him now. I've met him on a couple of occasions. I think he's really lovely. But uh, Anton Deck, yeah, I mean, one of the critics was talking about... Uh, having to listen to the patronising voiceover by Philip Schofield on the ridiculous Joey Essex programme. This is where well-known buffoon goes out and pretends to be even more of a thick person than you ever imagined he could be in the first place. And so he said, it was, what, you know, what does this programme solve and serve? And the answer is absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. I mean, the man doesn't achieve anything. One of the colour supplements has got Sam Fahir's on the front cover. Which one is it? Found it. Oh, here it is. This is on the TV Extra. Sam for here's my style and beauty secrets. She's airbrushed within an inch of her life. She is unrecognisable. If you took away Sam for here's and said, who's that? You'd have no idea. She's so airbrushed because we all know she's got little piggy eyes. So what they've had to do is they've had to open them up uh, to try and make her look a little bit more human as opposed to that scary thing who pretended she was going out with Joey Essex for ages, whereas, in fact, we all knew she was just like the handbag. Keep him company, I suppose, on his little sort of forays to the shops and stuff like that. Uh, Heartthrob X Factor favourites. There's another two here. This is uh, Ben Haynow and Lola Saunders. Oh, dear God, nobody's called Lola, are they, really? Somebody actually called Lola in this day and age. Uh, Jake says, I was being stupid when he boasted about the drugs. I'd kick you off the programme immediately, mate. I really wouldn't have any more. If I was a mother or a father with kids watching it, I wouldn't want them watching you. I really wouldn't. You're a very bad... You know, you're not a role model anymore. You've now turned into the idiot in the group who can drag them down. Perhaps Louis was right. Not two out. Perhaps you're one of them. Perhaps you're one of them. I think you should be kicked out immediately. And then you'll learn your lesson. Then you'll learn your lesson. Um, <clears throat> what's this? Coronation Street's Todd Grimshaw left with permanent facial injuries after being violently mugged in his latest storyline. This is Bruno Langley, who they brought back in again. I'm quite glad they did. But in fact, it brought back... Uh, Terrifying mementos of a real-life attack he suffered when he was 17. Oh, thank God for that. Thank God you were mugged. Oh, brilliant. You worry so much, don't you? You think to yourself, so here he is playing somebody who's been mugged, and luckily he was mugged when he was 17. Isn't that fantastic? It's like, you know, here I am playing an anorexic, and do you know, years ago, I was an anorexic. You know, here I am playing somebody whose grandmother has died. Years ago, my grandmother died. And you have to say to yourself, how lucky is that? What are the chances that in your life somebody has died? I know, it's unbelievable, isn't it? And especially when you get to talk about it as well. People get to talk about, you know, their, their, their dead grandmother and how she... Sorry. How she always wanted them to sing on the programme and be a big success in the charts. And she would have been so happy if she, if she was here now. She's not. She's, she's in the cemetery. And, uh, but she's watching. She's on a cloud. And she'll be watching me. So if, if I win this, this competition... I've done it for you, Gran. I've done it for you. I've done it for all those people. And, and my hamster died some years ago as well. I'm doing it for the hamster. Because the hamster would be so proud of me. Because when I used to sing in my bedroom, the hamster would go round on his wheel and try and join in. And now the hamster's gone. But he, he's rooting for me. It's lovely, isn't it? I quite like that idea. I can't wait for Cheryl Cole to sing live today. I really can't. Do you think she'll be hiding her, all that hair? It'll be down the front so you won't be able to tell whether you can see her mouth move or not. What's the betting? Come on, let's put a pound on it, shall we? I'm always right. <laughs> Only with you for another hour this morning. I know it's difficult to believe, isn't it, that I'm in limited supply today. The BBC still wasting your cash. It's a very interesting scenario. I'll tell you about it in a moment. 62 pence an hour. That's what those women get paid for turning out these £45 T-shirts saying this is what a feminist looks like. My God, I tell you. I, uh, HMV's nipper gets a blue plaque. I thought he had one already. I thought he's got one in Kingston inside Lloyd's Bank. 
at the top of the high street, just above the cash machines. Don't believe me? Go and take a look. Ian Botham hitting the RSPB dictators for six. He's not happy. And a call for Dame Barbara of Walford. All of that and more on LBC This Morning with Steve Allen. On FM, online, on your mobile and on digital radio. Leading Britain's conversation. This is LBC. This is LBC. Leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Sunday morning on LBC with Steve Allen. Uh, Cheryl Cole tonight on The X Factor. She will be live. Well, it's pre-recorded. You know, they're having to pre-record it because apparently she's got to change costume and they can't do that on a live show. Funny that, they manage it eight, uh, eight times a week in the West End. They manage to change sets and everything, but The X Factor totally defeats them. And so Cheryl will be uh, sort of pre-recorded, probably with no audience in there, just cut to an audience. Otherwise, people will be back going, we don't think she was singing live. Be interesting. Uh, horrific details of this crash emerging as Richard Branson defends the uh, the rocket. I mean, just an absolute tragedy. Ian Botham, he's laid into the RSPCB, RSPB dictators. That's Royal Society for the Protection of Birds. Got to tell you, that one. And The Apprentice Pamela's teen race hate hell, as indeed everybody was. Her mother said, oh, she was called every name under the sun, you know, because she was Asian and all the rest of it. Like everybody, dear. Like everybody. It was different times. People were like that. Just get over yourself. Otherwise it becomes terribly tedious. So I picked up um, Closer magazine and uh, uh, Geordie Shaw's Holly Hagen. She said she's got a new natural look now. Her and her natural look involves still troweling on the makeup. Uh, Colleen, still on holiday. Jordan takes her revenge. Do you know, you've never seen anybody with so much makeup troweled on and such bad hair. But apparently she was doing dirty dancing for her ex, as the pals say, it's payback time. I don't think she's actually got any friends. The person who appears to be loathed, but I'm, I'm totally of the belief that this is one of those little stories that they stick in the magazines, is some woman called Sarah Jane Crawford. She's a dreadful presenter. She's doing the extra factor thing, and she took over from Caroline Flack, whose claim to fame was that I think she went out with somebody from One Direction. Harry Styles. But there again, everybody's been out with Harry Styles. Ask Nick, his best friend. Everybody's been out with him. And so Sarah Jane, they say, has turned into a diva. She's quite clearly full of herself, and I don't know anything about her. I know nothing. I just picked up the magazine. I've seen her a few times on the telly, and uh, she doesn't rock my boat. Uh, also, Sam Fahirs goes on a massive bender. This is, our, they say, after she split from Joey. Oh, for God, do me a favour. The worst thing is... This, this woman should not be going on bender. She should not be drinking this amount of alcohol. She's an idiot. You know why? She's got Crohn's. She's supposed to be a spokesman for Crohn's, and she's going on benders, you silly bimbo. What's the matter with you? Grow up, for goodness sake. Uh, and then there's Lauren Goodyear. Oh, dear Lord, she lurches from one disaster to the other. The fatter she gets, the more bizarre she becomes. She tweets pictures of herself half-naked. It's all a little bit tacky, all a little bit cheap. And um, she's, she's got her own column. And so she says uh, she's defending her raunchy selfies. I know I'm, I'm... She's 28. I thought she was about 50. She's 28. You can't believe that. She says, I love taking photos. Some people love it. Every time I upload a sexy picture. Darling, you've never done a sexy picture. <laughs> Let's be honest about it. Look in the mirror. What do you see? There you go. I'm not at my goal weight. 
Yes. <laughs> it's hilarious, really, isn't it? But anyway, she's uh, she's just droning on about herself. It's such, a, it's such a dreary thing to talk about. Herself all the time. It's me, 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 me. Uh, the Kardashians, they're very boring, aren't they? Who's this one here? This is uh, Caroline Flack. Another one who was a very, very average presenter. Very average presenter. And uh, my diet's gone downhill. Katie, Katie the boob price is talking about everything, and they're talking about her new novel, which, of course, she never wrote. It's just, it's hilarious, isn't it? But I suppose people, uh, people like that. How about a new uh, name, says James, for our, a standardised name for our famous light-switching-on non-singer? She might be singing live tonight. Cheryl might be singing live. It's all pre-recorded, so she's been learning a dance routine all this week, which is what you're supposed to do. As Simon Cowell said the other week to all the, one of the contestants, you know, the advice is three little words. Rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. Unless you can do that, and unless you can apply yourself, then you might as well give up the business. That's why all these silly little boy-stroke girl bands on the television for The X Factor, not one of them's any use. Because they'd rather mess around and jump on each other and things like that, as opposed to going to singing classes, or learning how to dance, or do something. Make the most of your time, as opposed to tweeting about drugs, or having an affair with somebody else in there. Two little 17-year-olds, I'm sorry. Have you completely missed what the programme is about? Have you completely missed it? Mind you, they both look a bit stupid, so let's get rid of them, shall we? It's your opportunity to vote them all off. Let's just end up with nobody. And Simon Cowell would have anybody to stick in the charts at uh, Christmas. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. A love for the first time in 150 years inside Broadmoor. Never happened before. They took ages and ages and ages to try and uh, film inside there. This is the place that had uh, Peter Sutcliffe, uh, people you've never heard of. People you've never, ever heard of before. Uh, Ronnie Cray was in there, but he was mentally ill. Both the Crays were completely off their trolleys. And uh, what these people do is they spend all their time locked up. To even give them a cup of tea, they have to have what they call six-man lockout. So six people turn up because they've had urine thrown at them, hot things. Uh, In a machine shop, they have to be sure and very careful these people are not making weapons. Some of them, I mean, one of them in here... He's, uh, he has mental illness. We'll just call him Alex. He's in Broadmoor because his jail couldn't cope with him. He's done multiple hostage-taking, stabbings, multiple violent assaults, setting a hospital on fire. He says most of the stuff he does is fairly violent. And he says my history is mainly violence. When I'm not on medication, I'm quite a nasty person. So he's on medication all the time. And my friend Jonathan Levi went down there and negotiated this deal to go inside Broadmoor, very difficult to identify people because they can't talk, even though I'm led to believe he's actually met people in there. You remember that famous picture, don't you, years ago, of Frank Bruno meeting Peter Sutcliffe? That was a bizarre thing, wasn't it? That was brokered by Jimmy Savile, I believe. Jimmy Savile, uh, who was was sort of taking people in to meet various people. I mean, really, I don't know how he managed that at all. But uh, there's a lot of people in there. And there is an assertive rehab ward which holds patients who are entitled to more freedom. Some are allowed out in the community on a limited basis. I mean, they've all got history, but it's the first time that you will have seen inside Broadmoor. It is the most uh, dangerous and disturbed criminal hospital that you'll probably ever see. So it starts on November the 5th, I think, 9 o'clock at night. It's going to be very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, there was another story. Now, where did I see this one? It was on the front, right. It was on the front page of the Sunday Mirror today. And it's on pages eight and nine. Once I found pages eight and nine. And it's a very sad story of uh, the fiancé and mother of a hero soldier killed in Afghanistan comforting each other after the news of his death. But two years on, Emma Hickman, 
who was three months pregnant with Private Daniel Ward's daughter when he died, is now locked in a legal battle with his mum, Lisa, on behalf of her two-year-old girl. In a tragic and heartbreaking case which has torn the families apart, Emma, who's the face of this year's Remembrance Day poppy appeal, took Lisa to court over £316,000 payouts, including army compensation and life insurance. As next of kin and sole beneficiary in his will, Daniel's mum received the money but has been accused of not sharing it with her son's daughter, Lexi May. The Sunday Mirror reveal that Lisa was ordered by a court to pay Emma £250,000. She has not paid up. Isn't that awful when, you know, money tears a family apart? This is, this is the girl who features in the, in the poppy appeal. So, you know, united in grief... And then money comes into it, and I've said before, root of all evil. Root of all evil. And so they're now fighting. She was ordered by a court to pay it back. She's done nothing. So uh, it's going to become ugly. Pamela Udin, uh, the apprentice hopeful, bullied and branded a presumably Pakistani here. Uh, her mum reveals, she says, uh, thugs make her, made her life hell. Yes, her and millions of other people. Everybody... Uh, Mrs Udin was bullied at school. I don't want to ruin life for you, but everybody was bullied. Too fat, too tall, too thin, too weak, too... Fatty was a fairly good one. Uh, too specky four eyes, too sticky out ears, too all sorts of things. Every single person was bullied. Uh, she aims to impress Alan Sugar, don't they all? Don't they all? We've kicked out loads from The Apprentice. One bloke, I can't remember what he did, but he, he said Alan Sugar will regret kicking me out. Nope, he doesn't. He doesn't regret it at all. It's a television programme. He does not regret kicking anybody out at all, because if you're useless, and we have seen people in that, they are blooming useless, most of them. They seriously are. So what we do is we sort of kick them out, and, um, and you, just sort of, you just sort of lose them. They just go back. He says he's going to be a huge property developer, but frankly, he showed no, no inclination in the, uh, the programme to do anything or to actually achieve anything. And that's what I found was sort of deeply worrying, that they, they go on there and it's missed opportunities. It goes back to that story, doesn't it, of Arge Argent, the silly little girl's blouse in Anyways Essex, who tested positive for cocaine. And you can't believe that somebody would, would really, would really actually, you know, be that disrespectful to people who give you an opportunity on television, to people who say to you, listen, we know you're a nobody, we know you can't sing, we know you haven't got any talent, but uh, here's an opportunity for you to make quite a bit of money. And he has made quite a bit of money. And then he goes and does, he, does cocaine. What would, be, what would be the point of that? Very stupid. Paul says, the idiot from Towie should never be allowed back on. All the little orange kids from Essex will be trying to copy that waste of space. Yes, I, I totally agree with you. They go, he's part of, of the programme. No, he's not. Not part of the programme at all. Malcolm says, do you know the time of the funeral? Nope. Nope. No, definitely not. Baz in Cambridge says, I think you're bang out of order, saying about Lauren Goodyear. She looks ream, whatever the weather. Oh, yes, I have to be honest. I, I could always see her in something long and flowing. The Thames springs to mind. That's how I best like to see Lauren Goodyear. 7.15. Leading Britain's conversation. Nick Ferrari at breakfast on LBC. The extraordinary story involving the Prime Minister when dreadlock runner Dean Farley clattered straight into him. Richard H is a former close protection officer. The incident is appalling, but let's not hide the very much of a fact that the British police protection teams are probably the most finest. Angel is in Lewisham. You're through to Sir Michael Wilshire. Go ahead, Angel. I think it's really unfair that parents attend all these open days, you choose the schools, and you don't even get a single choice mm. of mm. school. The only way for the future is 
to create a system where every school is a good school. Nick Ferrari at breakfast. Every weekday morning from 7, only on LBC. Morning, everybody. 7.20 is the time. The photo spread in the Sunday mirror today is of poor old Joey Essex uh, staggering out of a Los Angeles nightclub. He had to pay to get a table in there. It was Paris Hilton's uh, little do. £1,500 got him a table in there, but he was well the worse for worse. They pushed him out again. And uh, the poor old drunk, uh, who apparently is trying to crack America, I don't know why... They, they've got people better looking who are more intelligent than you. Nobody wants a stupid person, you know, playing at it or otherwise. So uh, you won't make it in America. OK, let me just tell you that. You could stay there forever and a day. You won't get anything in America. You really won't. Uh, Carol Malone today is waving the flag for Barbara Windsor. She says here she's a bleeding star. She's 77. She spends all of Thursday riding around London on a Routemaster bus, chivying people to give money for the Royal British Legion, for which she is an ambassador. She even fitted in a chat with Prince Harry and David Cameron. So why isn't she Dame Barbara of Walford? Well, I think she should be Dame Barbara of, uh, of Marylebone, which is where young Barbara is at the moment with Scott. I should imagine... I don't think they're up at the moment. I bet they're not up. I'll soon know if the phone rings any second. I'll know that. Kevin O'Sullivan talks about Chezza, his pasta joke... She's not a very good singer. He says, I, in case you're wondering why Cheryl Spaghetti Bolognese will be miming her latest life-sapping single on the x Factor, is because she's not a very good singer. In fact, Princess Tiny Tears is almost as bad as this year's series-wrecking live finalists, none of whom can carry a tune. Well, they've said she's going to be singing live, Kevin. And I have to believe them. Now, whether or not their idea of singing live is that she's recorded it... And then she'll be miming along to herself. So that's, that's one way people get round the singing live bit. They say she's not actually singing it now, but she did record it again. And that's why. That's, I mean, that's what I suspect it might be. But everybody's going to be watching so closely, aren't they? Nobody's interested in the silly little dance routine. Nobody gives a toss about that. They just want to know whether she can sing. But of course, as we know, she can't sing because we've heard it before. It seems a mockery to try, try and pretend that she can. But he says here, only too well... That if the contestants are crap, there's no point to the show. Simon Cowell has read The Remaining Losers, The Riot Act. But as the rubbish ratings plummet, is his pep talk too little, too late. One million percent yes, he says. I mean, I like watching it, don't get me wrong, because I think it's quite clever, but they can't sing. If these people could sing, they would have been in stage school, as opposed to uh, sitting smoking joints around a council estate somewhere. So that's why. Amanda can't wait for the interview process on The Apprentice. You see, I don't even know what the format of The Apprentice is. I just assume that they came on there and then they give them a task, like try and sell some luxury candles, and then you realise that half these people are just liars. They can't actually do anything at all. So then they, they, they get rid of them and then they go moaning to the papers about, oh, I was this, I was... Nobody cares. Nobody cares. I mean, I used to be much thinner, you know. Oh, I've put, since I've been on the radio, I've put on weight. As if that was of any interest to people. It doesn't matter. Uh, Andy says, Jimmy Savile was in charge of Broadmoor for a while. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. He did have keys, but he certainly wasn't in charge of... Brett is silly. <laughs> Put somebody like him in charge of that. Uh, everybody else saying that uh, the idiot from Towie, that's James Arge Argent, should never be allowed back. Oh, I totally agree. Totally agree. I would kick him out and keep him out. And if anybody else tests... They should have a regular drugs testing thing in there, because quite clearly there's a number of them doing it. That would explain their behaviour, wouldn't it? Katie Epsom said Garson's Christmas shop is open already. Well, they've got Christmas lights up round, uh, round London. A lot of the buildings have got Christmas lights up. The hotels have got their, their Christmas lights on. I think in Twickenham, our Christmas trees go up on the 17th of November. 
17th of this month, and then uh, that's in time for the official Christmas tree turning on. But Garson's Christmas shop is open. Well, I might have to go and have a look, actually. <laughs> can't do it today. Can't do it today. I'm supposed to be going to see a film today, but I can't make it. I can't make it. Something else came up, and it's a shame because it, it's, a, it's a bit late in the day as well. It's about a four o'clock. And I'm, I'm quite gutted, so I'm going to have to send a text message to the person saying, oh, you'll have to release my, my tickets uh, because I can't, I can't go. Tim says, all these idiots busted for doing cocaine. I never hear mention the police getting involved. Well, they don't, do they? Unless somebody wants to make an official complaint and go round. Because I'm not remotely bothered. If somebody wants to shove Arthur Columbia up their nose, I couldn't care less. I'd be more interested where he got it from. That's what I've always said every single time. Every time a celebrity is busted for cocaine, I couldn't care less about them. They could kill themselves with it, as far as I'm concerned. I want to know where they get it from. Where do they get it from? Uh, there is another worrying aspect to the slave labour T-shirt scandal. As an old Labour voter, the return of new Labour gimmicky, touchy PC dogma taken to the tawdry level of wearing tacky T-shirts. Yes, I mean, it's... I thought it was tacky as well. This is the story, in case you don't know, that appears on the front of the Mail Today. The women sleeping 16 to a room in Mauritius making these T-shirts, which sell feminist T-shirts. I mean, these are women making them. If it was blokes making them, I could understand it. We could have a good old laugh at it. But uh, the women there, the T-shirt says, this is what a feminist looks like. So they sell for £45. The women making them get 62 pence an hour. But then... I understand how business works, but I just don't think that these things should come from sweatshops. I just don't. But then if you want something at that price, that's where it comes from. If you're looking for the most profit, you go to find somewhere where they're, where they're dirt cheap and Mauritius. Funny, I used to think it was China. But apparently it's, uh, it's Mauritius now. Uh, Joey gets uh, taken to task by Kevin O'Sullivan. He actually sort of says, you know, he's a waste of space. There's no point in keeping him. And the funny thing is, I was watching... Some girl, I think it's Laura Whitmore, she's a desperate wannabe. She turns up at every single party. She does an interview-type programme on the television. It's sort of for youth, I think. She's not very good, and she interviews some of the people on there, a bit, a bit lame. The other day, she did Keith Lemon. I want to know why she couldn't do the actual man, as opposed to the character that he plays. Or is he only got the one character? Is he that one-dimensional? Yes. He is that one-dimensional. So it doesn't, it doesn't go any, any further than that. Uh, yesterday, we're told there aren't many experts. Read the Virgin Galactica project. Today, the screens are full of experts. Oh, you can find loads of experts. Good Lord, there's a, there's, a, there's a diary of experts. If you want to find somebody who sort of knows about the sexing of whales in the Antarctic Ocean, who come in, the, the white belugas or whatever, you'll find somebody on it. If you want to find a sort of a one-armed, you know, I don't know, bank robber who's turned his life round to God or something and become a woman... You'll find somebody. They're, they're, they're there all over the place. You can't move for expert. Everybody's an expert now. I see them on the television. Media expert. You know, so-and-so. E- expert on makeup. Expert on gadgets. They've all got some sort of title. People like a title. You know, like I'm Steve Allen. You know, sort of expert on early morning radio. You know, I don't know. Everybody wants to have a title, don't they? That wasn't the best one, actually. Uh, 84850. Mary says, Eddie Mayer, great stand-in on the one show for Matt Baker. Well, you won't find me saying anything wrong about Eddie Mayer. He loves me to pieces. I mean, he's written more complimentary things about me than anybody. It's just, uh, just so overwhelming, really. So overwhelming. Uh, Bridget says, Christmas ads on the TV already. Go away! On X Factor, the Andreas chap was very obviously miming. He seems to be able to sing with his mouth shut. Clever, isn't it, Bridget? Clever. Mm. I've started reading, actually, that circus book about Bertram Mill Circus. I picked up a, a very, very old copy for, for £2 something. 
which nobody wanted. So I, I was the one who gave it a home. I was very, uh, very happy to read about Bertram Hill Circus, which I was taken to as a child to go to in uh, Olympia. Do you see that? Have you seen the Len Goodman programme about the uh, the holiday of my lifetime? It's very nice, except some of the guests are a bit naff. I mean, Eamon Holmes, dear God save us from Eamon Holmes. He's lovely, I know, but not all the time. He's still droning on to anybody who'll listen about... Nobody's asked his, uh, his wife whether she'll go on the Strictly Come Dancing programme. They don't want her on there. She's an ITV person. So, um, you know, that's, that's it. That's it, I'm afraid. So she's, she wouldn't fit on there anyway. She's not that sort of person. What the Daily Star today? Oh, Craig Revel Horwood has said that the X Factor is dead in the water, which I suppose it is. And the Gogglebox stars, Dom and Steph Parker, have slashed a million quid off their bed and breakfast. It's in Kent. <coughs> I think it was up for um, 4.5 million. It's down to 3.5 million. But uh, to be honest with you, it's, in Kent you can pick up huge mansions really, really cheaply. Really cheap. You don't need to spend that much money at all. Do you remember the Barbara Knox thing? It's still going through the courts, which is uh, which seemed absolutely amazing. This isn't it. This is months and months on. The judge has said it's turning into a bit of a farce at the moment. I'll be glad to see an end to it. Uh, Craig Greville Horwood, we have killed off the X Factor. Bitchy judge slams tired format. Well, it's it's not so much tired. It's same old, same old. Oh, and the good news is, the good news is that Paul Paul Gascoigne has been flown to Spain for rehab. Apparently, he was ushered out of the back entrance of a hospital, taken straight to the airport, all kept pretty hush-hush, except they then told the papers. And he's gone to receive further treatment help in battle, the booze. And uh, it was most likely Mandy's idea. This is the girlfriend. Expect her to sell stories any time soon. And he was more than happy to go. She's the only authority he respects at the moment. He's known her, like, five seconds. He's known her five, five seconds, and already she's the only. So expect another total disaster. And who was the apprentice flop? Stephen Ugola, who claims strong candidates are being axed. You were not a strong candidate. You were a pathetic, wheezy little person with no talent at all. Go away, stay away, don't ever come back. It's 7.30. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. 25 minutes to 8 is the time. Well, you defied the advice from the police and from historic royal palaces, and you all went to the tower. They were queuing for hours, hours and hours and hours. Doesn't help, of course, that the tube had closed as well for, excuse me, (coughs) essential repairs, which you would have thought, actually. But people just defied it, and because it was half-term, and presumably you'll be going this morning. My advice is, I mean, I said at the beginning of the programme, if you're going to go and you're going to see the pop, go now. Please go now, because I promise you, by nine o'clock this morning, it will be swamped. It will be swamped. It's going to be miserable. Why don't you just get on a bus? Don't take the car. There's nowhere to park around there. It's a night. The little streets are very tiny. And you could do everything. Just remember, you can go down. In fact, I tell you what, here, here is your day mapped out for you. If you want to get out there in a, in a bit of rain and uh, get a bit of exercise, go to the tower. Get the bus. Get the route master from the Strand, if you're near the Strand. Get all the way there. Have a look at the poppies. Take some pictures, because in the rain they'll look lovely, because they're all porcelain. And then go back over the road... OK, but you've had a look at the poppies, then you go back over the road, look at the place where the execution block was, and look at all the names. That's all the people who were publicly executed outside the Tower of London. Then go back over the road, walk all the way down to the front, have a look at Tower Bridge, and go along to the left, and you go into St Catherine's Dock, 
and you can go and get yourself a pizza or something like that. There you go. There's your day sorted out for you. Little bit of exercise, seen the poppies and been moved by it. I mean, everybody who's seen it, it's just an ocean, an ocean. And the crowds have been queuing for hours to try and get down to the front. What they should really have, if they thought about it, I don't even think they thought it was going to be this busy, is keep people moving. When you go to see the crown jewels inside the Tower of London, to stop people standing there, you're on a moving conveyor belt. <laughs> so you stand on it and you go past them. You go past them slowly so you can see them, don't worry. But it is, it's a case of that's what they should have done for the people defying the orders and flocking to see the Tower poppies. You won't see anything like it again. You really won't. You won't see anything like it again. And there are, if memory serves, 888,246, each one representing a British or colonial military life lost in the Great War. So they've said, don't go. I'm saying, if you're going to go, go now. Go now, because it's the only time you're going to get to see the blooming things. I should have gone yesterday. But I, luckily, well, I say luckily, because it was a bit of a disaster, really, with, uh, with my friend Helena, but she couldn't go because her dad's not very well at the moment. Uh, Dean says, another definition of an expert is uh, surely so-and-so being an unknown quantity. Yeah, Everybody's an expert now. I've lost track of seeing them. So it's a singing expert. Some people get fame by association, so appear on Sky doing their paper review. One of them was just, I think he was Jade Goody's coach or something, or boxing, whatever he was. He was there's no, no qualifications whatsoever. They just stick them up on television nowadays. They're all desperate. Perhaps I could be a media expert, celebrity expert. You know, I could be a celebrity... Well, I could be a celebrity expert, I suppose. Certainly spend a lot of time talking about them. Uh, eight for eight five zero. Oh. There you go. Adam says, I've listening to my way to work. I keep getting stared at as I keep laughing. I know. It's, it's, a, it's a bit difficult, isn't it, really? But uh, thank you for pre-ordering the book off Amazon. My book is available to pre-order. It's not available till after Christmas. I feel a, I feel a bit, bit naughty saying pre-order it now. <laughs> but it is available. I, and I only discovered that because I think it was... Uh, it told me about, somebody told me about it. I, it's, I didn't know about it. I only know because people tell me these things, which is quite nice. And I think it was Noreen. I'm pretty certain it was Noreen, who seems to be fond of all knowledge for, for things that happen on the uh, the programme. So if ever something's going to happen, she'll be the one who knows about it, which is quite nice. Uh, 84850, steve.lbc.co.uk. Let's weave in some more of your uh, texts and emails. Uh, on the subject of the Palladium, go to see Paul Carrick, says Patsy. Oh, you'll have a night. I love the Palladium. It's looking a bit sad inside. It needs a paint-up. It needs a paint-up. It's looking a little bit sad. A little bit sad. Um, I met Sam for his, says Mary in Croydon. She was happy to pose for a selfie. Or, as your case, happy to posse for a selfie. <laughs> I think pose is P-O-S-E. Never mind. One of the nicest celebs out there. She's not a celeb. She's just somebody who's on a reality show. That's not a celebrity. I once saw Angelina Jolie in an airport. She totally ignored me. Well, it's because you come from Croydon, Mary. That's why. She went, that's Mary from Croydon, and walked straight past you. Even I could see that one coming a mile off, mile off. Uh, it's the old Crocs run, the old cars from Hyde Park to Brighton this morning. Uh, if you're not far from the route, it's always worth a look as they uh, go past. Seeing some of the oldest running cars in the world. Shame about the weather. Lots of waving. And it's a great atmosphere. So if you want to go down there, Hyde Park to Brighton this morning. I wonder why they were putting all the portaloos in. You ever seen all the old cars going down? They're lovely, really, really lovely. So Hyde Park, the place to be, too bright. And you'll see loads of them. Lots of waving and stuff like that. And uh, another good result for our team, Arsenal, Steve. 3-0. I know. So excited. So excited by that. <laughs> I've magically become an Arsenal fan. 
<laughs> as you can imagine. Uh, Sonia says, we had to complain about a harvester recently, about the food, the service and the tatty appearance of a harvester locally. We were refunded part of our bill just to spend in any harvester, I wonder. Actually, I'll tell you what, I went to um, a Greg's the other day, Saturday morning, and asked for two sausages in rolls. They do sausage. Now, I'm sure the last time I went in, they put four little sausages in the roll. This time, the bloke only put three in, and he made the cardinal sin in a Greg's. He handled money... And he didn't have any gloves on for, for cutting the food and putting it in there. Naughty, naughty. Naughty, naughty. Plastic gloves on, please, if you're handling food and money. Uh, Phil says it's all about camera angles with Cheryl Cole and the way she will hold the microphone horizontal to keep her mouth covered during the entire performance. Well, because she's dancing, I'm assuming she won't better hold a microphone. She might have one of those, those headpieces on, which Steps used to You remember Steps used to use those? Of course, they couldn't sing the toffee. They never sang live anywhere. And that, that I think, is the, is the way that they will actually do it. I've, 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 I've got to watch it, but I can't. I'm gonna have, you're going to have to let me know tomorrow morning. Because I don't, I don't think I'm going to be able to see this. And if, if I can't, you're going to have to be my, my eyes for this one. So will she be holding a microphone? Will she have the hair pulled forward so you can't see? And will she be constantly turning her head? That'll be the interesting thing to watch. Thank you, Phil. But uh, you'll, you'll have to be my, my eyes and ears on this one. Um, 84850 uk, and uh, Ruby's got a birthday 95 tomorrow there you go and uh, I finally found out who you are says Valerie I do my mum shopping and for quite a while she was saying Steve says this, Steve says that I was wondering who Steve was so now you have to get the meat pies from Sainsbury's the wine from Tesco, the mince pies from Iceland they are the best mince pies £1.50 for six. They won't last you till Christmas. Halogen oven, hanging baskets, I know. It's called a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. And uh, yes, says Patsy. Barbara Windsor should be a dame. Uh, Your programme is the only one on radio and television that I rate as unmissable. Time you were knighted. Oh, Lord, no, I don't know. Listen, the moment you draw attention to yourself is the moment it all goes pear-shaped. Don't want to go pear-shaped. And, <coughs> excuse me, so sorry. Uh, Barbara, ha- uh, Stuart says, had a great time at the Savoy last weekend for a, a charity lunch. Laughed with Biggins and Barbara Windsor, both in top form. As, of course, they always are. As, of course, they are. Uh, they can't be up at this time. I know it's 20 to 8, but they're definitely not up. Otherwise, by now, Scott would have, Scott would have texted. So, uh, so not, I fear. Uh, another one here says, oh, crikey, um... Listening on my way to work at the moment. Lots of people from TV have been on Strictly. Eamon himself's works went on this morning. And Fiona Phillips, George Gallagher. Yes, Sue, but she's not right. She's not right. She's definitely an ITV person. All she does, she advertises. She's had her her eyes lasered. And she does loose women and the the other thing. It's not enough, really. Not enough. I think, you know, when when somebody starts appealing to be on a programme, they, they get put down as desperate. Desperate. I went to a Christmas shop. Says Mavis in a garden centre near Coningsby yesterday. People in this neck of the woods out in force, enjoying the uh, early shopping experience, unlike some of your listeners. Season's greetings. I know Coningsby very well. We were stationed at RAF Coningsby. So I know that uh, I used to go riding around there. And uh, Norman says, I love my morning commute to work because I walk by the Tower Poppies 6.30am every day. Hmm. Uh, pity there was no order at Tower Hill Station, says Anne in Richmond. Total chaos, but so worth it. You're so right. Go early. Go early. And then somebody else says, just think, if they'd made a roped walkway and charged a pound or even 50 pence to get to a, a front view walk to see the poppies, how much money could have made for the Royal British Legion? Yes, they are all sold out. They only get... 
£2.50. It's split between about six charities, isn't it? £2.50. And I, I don't think that's enough. I, re- I really don't. I'm a bit, bit mean, I'm afraid. Uh, very true what you said about people assuming titles. Have you noticed people from charities and religious groups who used to be called spokesmen and now terminated CEOs or even gold helpers, directors? Oh, I'll tell you the ones I love. I love people who were in the armed forces years ago. They're, now they've retired, but they still call themselves flight lieutenant or, you know, former wing commander so-and-so. There used to be a judge, he's dead now, called Judge James Pickles. And uh, he, yeah, I think he had on his checkbook, Judge James Pickles. He became a bit of a joke, really, I'm afraid. But uh, they do love titles. People love titles. And, Garth, what do you think the book could be about? What do you think the book could be What do I talk about most of all on the programme? What do you think? Celebrities. So you want to be a celebrity? There's a title. Call us wait. Coming up at eight on LBC, Stig Abel and Petri Hoskin. UKIP are riding high in the polls in Rochester and look set to crush the Tories in the by-election. But this is only happening because of a Tory defection where people are voting for their local Tory MP again. So does this actually mean UKIP are doing well? And can UKIP actually turn this into success at the 2015 general election? Leading Britain's conversation, Stig Abel and Petri Hoskin. This morning from 8 on LBC. Morning, everybody. 10 to 8 is the time. If ever there was a god, it had to have been around yesterday because every time I go to the Ideal Home show, I stand and watch people demonstrating. I watch them demonstrating that car polish called myrrh where they set fire to it and they do a little demonstration there. And then I watch the people with these cloths which soak up everything. So, in other words, if you've got a flood, you put these cloths in and they soak up 50 times their own. Anyway, they're obviously dirt cheap and they sell them for about £10. And I stand there every year and I watch him and he does a big bundle of them. We can have a bundle of offcuts and they must shift thousands. And if you remember a short while ago, (coughs) I had a little leak in the uh, washing machine. Uh, Obviously, there's the inlet valve at the back is letting in a little bit of water. So it consequently puts about an inch of water in the bottom of the drum. So you have to sort of spin it out. So I thought... I've been putting things like towels in there to soak up the water and everything else. And I thought, if only I could find these blasted cloths again. If only I could find them. So I've trawled the internet. I can't find them anywhere. So I go yesterday. I'm out in the car and we had rugby in Twickenham, which is lovely. It's the Australians and the Barbarians. Lovely. And uh, so I thought, I'll I'll, I'll nip out. And there's queues of traffic. I thought, oh, I'll just nip into Sainsbury's whilst whilst they're around and uh, see if there's anything interesting in there. You know, just kill 20 minutes. So I go in there. Lo and behold, in the middle of the Christmas section, up at Sainsbury's at Hampton, there's a woman demonstrating these cloths. I couldn't believe it. And I thought, this is unbe- there is a God. And so I stood there, and I'm thinking, I'll oh, just get on with it. Because they have to go through their routine. They have to go through the spiel. You know, she demonstrates, this is, OK, I'll now empty a whole bottle of Coke down, put this thing over the top, soaked it all up again. Look at that, bone dry, da-da-da-da. I thought, I want them. I want them. So anyway, so she's saying, and uh, I've got a special offer. I think, just get on with it. Just get on with it. I'm now getting really angry because I wanted to get out and try and get back before the queues for the rugby got too bad. 80,000 people. It's a lot of cars. And uh, so eventually, then she goes, and of course, you can have this mop. I thought, I don't want a mop. I'm not remotely interested in a mop at all. She says, but if you don't have the mop, because if you buy the mop, it's £20. Plus, we give you two packs of this, this sort of cloth stuff for free. But then you get a discount, and so it's £17 for the mop and the two things are free. I thought, good, but I don't want a mop. And she said, but for those of you who don't want the mop, I thought, you're psychic too. She says you get three packs of the cloths for £17. So I broke with tradition. 
I bought three packs. I have three packs. So she, she gave me the three packs. They're all packed in plastic and everything else. <coughs> so I've left two in the car and one upstairs in the washing machine. And I'm very happy. And as I got back in the car, I, I do remember saying, thank you, God, because I'm sure it's just luck and judgment, isn't it? You go, had I not gone up to Sainsbury's yesterday, I wouldn't have seen her demonstrating. I never would have found these things. So I felt very happy about that. An expert, an ex is a has-been, a spurt is a drip under pressure, says Dave. Yes, a number of people have sent me that one. Thank you. You're probably quite right, actually. Probably quite right. Uh, 84850, uh, Martin's in Aberdeen. He says, how long did you do Five's Company? Just under a year. We got replaced by Gloria Honeyford. He says, you don't sound 60. Si- uh, did you get that number from? Where these people get these numbers from? 39. 39. Uh, Gary says, sadly, for me, the triathlon season has finished. No more swing through lakes and stuff like that. But I will need to start training for one of my biggest challenges. He said, starting today with a half marathon at Marlow. It's going to be a a tough course and a tad wet. I believe so. (laughs) I believe so. Do you know what I'm going to see in London? I'm going to see all the the vintage cars going down to Brighton. They love it. Some of them, you, you won't have seen them before. They're people who've got a lot of money. Some of these cars are worth a fortune. You know, nothing to have some of these vintage cars worth half a million pounds, really. They're, they're really quite wonderful. When you think that London was full of things like that, makes it even better, doesn't it? I've just... <laughs> Martin says, I've just bought my daughter a present for Christmas. Divorced Barbie. Which is great. It costs £125, but with Divorced Barbie, you get Ken's house, Ken's boat, Ken's car, etc. Because <laughs> we all know that Ken was gay. That was, that was the thing, wasn't it? Erica says, we went to see the poppies last Tuesday. Perfect. Blue skies. Busy, but not too busy. I think we went at the right time. And uh, well done to all the designer people who made them and the, the people who, who played them, you know, put them up there and displayed them. Very, an amazing visual experience. I would love to see them again. Great photographs, aren't there? Great photographs as well. Uh, I wish Leon on Gogglebox would trim his nose hair, says Jackie. <laughs> Dear. I don't like things like that. Not things of that. Uh, 84850, uh, uk. Let's try and squeeze in a few more. We've only got a few more minutes left of the programme uh, before the uh, the two come along. And Stig and Petri will be here. Rob says, I think Cheryl will be singing a cappella whilst wearing a tracksuit and trainers from Topshop. <laughs> no, it would be from JD Sports, wouldn't it, I think. <laughs> uh, Hazel says, why don't you just get the washing machine fixed? Eventually the valve will go and you'll have a big flood. No, no, no. The, the, it's, the valve is inside the machine. You can't have a big flood. It's only ever going to trickle through. The valve is not the outside valve. It's inside the machine. Oh, don't worry. I've checked all these things. I know, I know, I know. Oh, good Lord. How writing helped Jimmy Hill's wife cope with his illness. So there you go. There's an interesting feature in the... Um, in the Express today, scotch is not on the list of the world's top whiskies. Oh, dear. So David Beckham wasted his time. David Beckham wasted his time. And remember, November the 5th, please, the animals. Remember the animals. So you should know about that. You should know about that. It's only a tiny bit of water in the bottom of the machine. Don't, don't panic too much, believe you me. So remember animals, says Paul O'Grady. You know, if you've got animals, make sure they're inside. If they're inside... It's amazing. Carol says, at last somebody's spoken out about the miserly £2.50 given to six charities. The poppies are wonderful. They are, but I don't think it's very much money, is it? £2.50. I don't think it is. But me being mean again, I'm afraid. Uh, what do we get? Free sparklers at Tesco with the Sunday Express. Just be careful. White hot metal. <coughs> uh, strictly judge. Calling time on the Cal show. And that's uh, Craig he- he- 
Craig Revel Horwood. He's quite right, though. It is losing. The scandal of nurses paid uh, one sixty an hour. The Poppy Day Girls' tragic family war over Hero Dad's cash. That's a family arguing over money. 62 pence an hour. The women sleeping 16 to a room. That's what they get paid in Mauritius. That's what they get paid. 62 pence an hour. It is scandalous. The girls who risk everything to have a bottom like Kim Kardashian's. It's a bit desperate, isn't it? Uh, A couple of naff people uh, romp on the X Factor. You'd think they'd be concentrating on singing and trying to be professional as opposed to messing around. In other words, they're not committed to the programme, which is what Simon wants. Get rid. Uh, and the and the drug shock, James Argent, fool of the First Order, who's been suspended from TOWIE for allegedly testing positive for cocaine. A random drugs test on that programme. That's obviously what they have. Doreen, thank you for telling me about H. Kiwi. Hello. Lord above, we must be into jumper weather today, I can tell. It must be cold outside. Is that a jumper? I don't know, I can't tell with you. Oh, it's a, oh, it's a hoodie. Oh, Lord. I'm just a bit old for a hoodie. Is that for younger people? Ought to be rude. Um, oh, I, I forgot to tell you the story about the BBC wasting your cash. Hello. Um, it's a story that appears. Where is the blooming thing? I can't do it now, which is a shame. It's, uh, it's on the front of one of the, uh, the papers. Oh, it's, it's Sunday, Sunday Express. Read it, because it's very interesting. They've paid a load of people off and then re-employed them again. Not very good, is it? There's so many good stories there. Don't forget, you can uh, download this programme a little bit later on. Jan, don't ask me what the cloths are called, because I can't remember. I'll have to tell you tomorrow morning. They're just called cloths, I think. There must be a company where they come from, mustn't there? I'll try and tell you about them tomorrow morning. So have a great day. So don't forget, you can go to do the poppies. Go early, go early, go now. Well, take the radio with you. And you can see all the nice vintage cars in London going down to Brighton for the London to Brighton car run. Some re- There's a lot of money out on the roads this morning. And they'll be making it... Like that. It'll be like that. Well, that's what my car sounds like sometimes. So have a great day. I'm back with you tomorrow morning at four. If you go to the LBC website, there's an app that you can download, and that will help download the free podcasts that many of us have on LBC. Plus, I have a paying podcast as well. So all of that to look forward to. I'm going to go and get a little bit of fresh air and then go buy some candles. Such a showbiz rock and roll lifestyle. It's Stig and Petri next.